All right, here we go. It is episode number 29 of Pep Parks Presents. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Pep Parks Presents the Oddsies Podcast. There he is, Harry Mays, Jason Martinez. A lot to talk about as we finally start to get into that season, Harry, where something's actually happening. Yeah, I know. I mean, the Eagles are actually going to play a preseason football game this week, this Friday night against the Jets. And, uh, of course, they had their big open practice on their first of, I don't know how many they're doing, two or three, whatever. They usually do two at least. Uh, down at the at the link, and I know we're going to talk about that, but yeah, it's getting close, man. Like it's just a couple weeks away until college football, you know, and they have that oh. big opening week, and then you know the week after that, uh, Thursday night football uh, in the NFL, and it was at uh, Tampa Bay and Dallas. Yep, is that the first game? I think or is it, it might somebody be. else. I, I just like the fact that there's only three preseason. There's not as much preseason football. Yeah. Now, how did you did you lay a wager down? Did you break out the Bet Parks app on the Hall of Fame game, Harry? No, I did not. In fact, I actually I was away. I was up in Connecticut for a couple of days uh, at my sister's place, and I was kind of out of the loop with what was going on here locally and even on the national level with the Hall of Fame because I actually thought it was going to be friday and it ended up being thursday night so the game had already been played and i'm like thinking boy i would have probably taken an under and then i looked up the score and it was like what 27 to 11 i think the raiders beat the jaguars and dougie p and the game would have gone over because most of these totals sit around 32 and a half 33 33 33 and a half for preseason and they put up 38 so i would have lost had i wagered yeah, well, you can get the Bet Parks app. This is the time to get it because you just laid it out. Everything is in front of you. Right. You know, the NFL season, co- I cannot wait for college football. Um, college football, you've got NBA, basketball coming, college and pro, hockey. It's all there right in front of you. Not to mention yeah. the remainder of the baseball season into the playoffs is always fun to get action on as well. No doubt about it. And actually, that that first NFL game is the Bills at the Rams. Ooh. That's September 8th at 8.20 on NBC. That's the first game of the year. So it's wow. Bills-Rams. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, so all the action's right in front of you, and you can get your action in on what's going on now with Major League Baseball, with tennis, with golf, and uh, Formula One when it returns at the end of the month as well. So get the all-new Bet Parks app. It's easy to use, easy to navigate and faster to win than ever before you got it right there how what's it what's that you got up on there well that's the golf of course the fedex cup playoffs start this week yeah. in memphis you imagine how hot and sweaty memphis is in august i was down there for this tournament a few years ago and man you talk about i mean that's like jungle heat down there yeah at this unbearable uh but i'm taking sung j m here on the parks app at plus 3300 to win and in a top 10 they give you the you know the top five, top tens, top twenties are easy to navigate to. Plus three thirty five for M on uh, top ten. Okay, so you got that play in action for the FedEx Cup. Yeah, and th- there's tons more to bet on too. You can find other plays you like there. Props, parlays, player performances, live in game betting, uh, same game parlays, daily boosts. It's all there on the Parks app. And right now, all Bet Parks users. And use the promo code Jason750 and get a risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. Just download the Bet Parks app today. You need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Did you see A.J. Brown's tweet, Harry, after the uh, 
the practice at Lincoln Financial Field, he was blown away. I didn't 30, see the 000. tweet, but I heard that he was uh, taken aback uh, yeah. by the reaction of the fans to what were they singing Jalen Hurts happy birthday to Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah. And he was just blown away. First of all, by the fact that 30,000 or some odd people show up for this practice, I think blew him away. And then to have the, you know, uh, the, the these fans, you know, sing along a happy birthday to the quarterback. I, I can imagine, you know, what that could be like from a guy who's not from around here, doesn't really have any grasp of what it's like to be here as a professional athlete yet. And this, this might, you know, it's his first real run in with fans. And he must be like, wow, this place off the chain, yeah. man. They're crazy. If we're good, they're going to be insane. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the hype is real. Yeah, it is. And it, it was cool to see. I'm just so glad that football is back and it's it's relevant again. I hate that period of time where we become, you know, other than golf and tennis and I have Formula One, but of the majors, it's just baseball reliant. Yeah. But I will say that while we've had to be baseball reliant, the Phillies have been actually, you know, relevant. Oh, yeah. We're, just not just reliant, but relevant. Yeah, I mean they're they're a playoff team right now, and uh, you know you start looking at their schedule here over the next uh, couple of weeks, and it's 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 uh, it looks pretty good. I mean they got the Marlins a bunch of times. They still have to play the Nationals, who are basically a Triple A team at best right now. They got the Pittsburgh Pirates again for a couple of games, who are essentially a Triple A squad. I mean the schedule sets up for them. I know they got to play the Mets seven times. Uh, in the month of August. And then they have the Braves, seven games against the Braves in September. And I believe they finish against the Houston Astros in October for three games. So those are some really tough games. Uh, throwing Gabe Kapler's giant squad on the road for three. Oh, my. But, but, but the schedule looks pretty good for the Phillies down the street. And they're going to be starting getting players back. At some point, you know, you hope to get Harper back. Uh, they made, You know, they made all these moves at the deadline, which, uh, you know, it's – I, I liked what they did at the deadline and uh, the team looks like they're in it for the long haul. Yeah. Not just, they didn't just add guys. They got rid of some guys too, that mm -hmm. we're pretty happy yeah. about. Um, but you're right. Like the biggest deadline acquisition and maybe more like a September deadline will be Harper though. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you, you add that bat back into your lineup and what he brings, he was in the booth last week um, for one of the games God, I loved hearing that dude talk about baseball. I didn't it was hear awesome. it. Awesome. It must have been when I was away. I didn't hear the Pete Rose stuff either, at least not firsthand. I've gone back and listened to some of it, but I'm sure he was much better than Pete. Well, Pete was very memorable. <laughs> I mean, yeah. First of all, Harry, you're going to have him come in. Of course, in 2017, he was supposed to come in for the Wall of Fame ceremony. Right, right. That got canceled because of the news about him dating the 14-year-old girl. Way back in the 70s, like the early yeah. 70s, I think. Yeah, in Cincinnati. He was, I think, 33 at the time. Married with kids. Yep. yep. And she and was underage. Yeah, and he admitted that he thought she was 16, which was the age of consent in Ohio at the time. He was playing yeah. for the Reds. Right. Um, and he came in this weekend. And for some reason, they didn't well, just bring him in to wave to the crowd. They let him talk to the media a couple of times and stuck him in the booth. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I, I understand that they brought him in because they asked the other players and the other players by and large all said, yeah, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have won this thing without Pete. He's a part of this. Bring him, you know, let's, let's all get together. And I guess they acquiesced to that, which is fine. But then, like you said, 
why do they open it up where he can speak to the media? You got to you got to do something to curb that, number one. Yeah. And then after all that, they allow him go to go up into the booth and do a, an inning or whatever it was, half an inning. I don't even know what it was uh, on the broadcast. I mean, it's, <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, you know, the guy, he, look, he's going to go in there and he's going to still tell stories and they're right. great stories. Right. Problem is is he's going to tell them like he's in the clubhouse. Yeah, right. Like he's in the locker room kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, he's, unbelievable. Yeah, it's just awful. It, it's, it's a bad look for everybody all around the organization, for Pete, although I don't even think he cares at this point. I don't think he cares how he's viewed uh, in the least. But, yeah, it's it's a it's a bad look. And Kurt Schilling even weighed in. Did you see that the other day? Was I, it yesterday? No, I didn't see this. Before? Oh, yeah, he put out a tweet. I want to try to find it uh, because – you were like, wow, I didn't expect uh, to hear this or read this coming from this guy. It was it was pretty remarkable. I'll find it here in a second. Because yeah, Shill's pretty anti-cancel. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to exactly. say the least. Yeah. <laughs> He's tried, they've tried to cancel Shill a couple times. Yeah, I think, uh, I think a large portion of society has canceled him. He just doesn't know it yet. Here's yeah. Kurt Schilling. Um, and he's replying to, I believe, the... The Inquirer reporter, the um, the uh, female reporter that was asking Pete Rose the question, and that he, guy, that he called off babe. something like, "Yeah, he called her babe, and it was fifty five years ago, babe. I'm not here to talk about it, whatever." And Kurt Schilling says, "I say this as someone who knows him, who he treated kindly, but the things he says and his lack of self awareness are unreal. Hall of Fame talent, absolutely." but just a bad, bad guy with literally zero morals or scruples and not an ounce of couth. Oh, That's man. Kurt Schilling on Pete Rose. He went couth. Yeah, couth. That great word, couth. That's the word that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> couth. <laughs> but, well, like, the, the ball's on Rose, too, to go, oh, d- did I offend you? How about I sign you a thousand, give you a thousand signed balls? Right, like he great. thinks that's the answer. To I know, everything. I know. Well, that's listen. That's the world this guy has lived in. Uh, you know, basically all his adult life. Yeah, since he's being bastardized in- his signature. Yeah, and, but no, but I'm saying like everybody wants. You know, he's like that's how he gets away with stuff, and that's how mm-hmm. he's behaved all his life. And all you have to do is look back to Pete Rose when I was a kid when he was playing with the Cincinnati Reds. And I knew he was a, a great hitter and all that stuff. And this is when I was playing little league ball. And, you know, I, I couldn't hit worth a damn. But I knew Pete Rose was a really good hitter. But I always was like, I couldn't get over the haircut. I'm an eight-year-old kid, and I'm laughing at his haircut. He's an adult man. I just brought this up. That's so funny that you bring that up. That's all you need to know about Pete Rose. Yeah. Darren DeGatano, Dutch, our old buddy from WIP. Oh, yeah. Goes, he puts this tweet out. He says, what does not get spoken enough about is Pete Rose's refusal to change up the worst haircut ever and his insistence on wearing an oversized flat brim hat everywhere he goes in yeah. public. He looks like a P.T. Barnum act. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he really does. does. Right. What is the haircut? Is it like a bowl cut? It's the bowl cut, man. It's, I mean, it's, it's a cut that I wouldn't have wanted as, a, as an eight-year-old kid. Yeah, you know, and here he is, the third baseman for the Cincinnati Reds, the hit king. You know, he's got the bowl cut. I couldn't believe it. And he had such a um, weird batting stance, too. Yeah. Like, he was very so odd. Crunched. Yeah. 
He's such a bizarre man. It's like Mark Davis. You know who that is, right? Yeah. Al Davis's son, who is yep. now the you know the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. He has a similar goofy hair. Yeah, he, he looks, looks like, like he looks ridiculous. He looks like almost Amish. Yeah, almost. Yeah. But the Amish people don't want to be identified with him. Yeah, they've they've excommunicated Mark yeah. Davis. <laughs> so this is probably the last we see a, we see a Pete here in Philadelphia. I would imagine. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Think you know, the old program was director was a big fan of Pete Rose. So he, you know, he would always have him come in in the studio. Because, oh. I mean, you and I have been up close and personal with Pete, you know, oh, behind yeah. the scenes. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just knew, like, you know, putting a microphone in front of that guy, you're taking chances. Yeah, I mean, you know? he w- when you're around him, it's like, okay, he's got a presence because he's Pete Rose. Right. Right. But. He, you also, when you're around him, you feel dirty like you did when you were around Lenny Dykstra. I know there's a there's like a scumbag kind of factor that goes along yeah. with him, you know, big so, time. Yeah, yeah. And and Pete it's is unfortunate. Uh, there's a lot of ex Phillies that are there's a lot of great ex Phillies like you know Darren Dalton who passed away five years ago this past week. Yeah. Um. You know, there's some great guys. Larry Bow is a, an ace. He's the best. Lezinski. Right. Lazinski too. Yeah. The yeah. Bull. Yeah, uh, but but you're right. Bo is the best. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's a great guy. I just love he just loves the game so much. Like I'm not a, I'm not in love with baseball anymore. Like I've talked about it ad nauseum, but I respect Larry Boa's commitment and love of the game because like it's so apparent. Yeah. He can hear. I tell you, I've been watching a lot more over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I I think I said that once before on a, on a previous um, episode. But, I mean, the other uh, week or so ago, I was watching a Met game. Uh, and it was um, Scherzer uh, on the mound. And I'm telling you, I was captivated. Yeah. I was, you know, I watched seven innings until they took him out. And as soon as they took him out, uh, the other team scored and tied up the game. The Mets ended up winning, I think, in uh, either bottom of the ninth or tenth you know, 10th inning. Uh, but Scherzer was just, just a, a joy to watch. I love watching great pitchers. Like it was like Halliday back in the day with the yeah. Phillies. Like you just like, this is uh must see TV. Like Randy Johnson. I love because he was just such a freaking overpowering yeah. and where they delivered the ball from was like literally almost like the first baseline. Yeah. But watching a guy like Greg Maddox, mm-hmm. who was a surgeon. Yeah was and not an imposing physical figure either i mean he was he looked like an accountant (laughs) he did and he just he would just go up there and deal and just paint corners and it was a chess match match it wasn't just i'm going to overpower you it was so insane and i do miss that element of watching the game like i liked watching a good pitching battle yeah now you get you get that every once in a while with uh, wheeler and nola i mean they're they're two pretty good frontline starters for this team it's going to give them a chance at least in a playoff game uh but yeah you know you start looking at some of these rotations man like the Mets you know with DeGrom now back uh, from injury him and Scherzer at the top of that rotation uh you know they they could end up taking down the Dodgers the only thing about Noah I don't like is when it's a big big game and it really means something he doesn't seem to have his his shit together Hmm. and he's not a pressure I don't know if he's a pressure pitcher here well, That's I mean, the how, one thing. how much pressure, how many, how many big games have they been in since he's been in a Philly? You know what I mean? Like they, they haven't been a playoff team really. Well, but they've been at points in seasons where you really need him to go out and have a good outing. And shut, and shut a team down. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he's through three innings and he's given up seven runs. Mm-hmm. It, 
it's concerning, but true, you know, big stage pitching hasn't happened for him yet. Cause right. you're right. They haven't been there in his tenure. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what the Phillies do with the manager position going forward or, but, uh, I think they've done a good, the general manager's done a good job. Yeah. They've done I, a good job here. Yeah, they have. I mean, you know, I think the, you know, they bolstered the farm system and, uh, you know, they weren't going to be trading away their top prospect. I know they traded away the third best prospect, uh, the catching prospect because he was, you know, he's blocked here, but, uh, you know, you can question the trade there. Did they get enough back, you know, for giving up this guy, this, uh, uh, minor league player that was highly regarded, you know, that's debatable, but yeah, I think they've done a pretty darn good job, but, uh, you know, I think at this point, you know, you're looking at a wild card team, at least, you know, maybe you get, you get one, one game out of it. Yeah. You know? And, and Make Dombrowski, I think, has done a really nice job. So uh, maybe maybe he's the guy, like he's the pseudo Pat Gillick now. Yeah, to right. get this team and, and, and the finally surround. Done a good job. What's that? The manager's done a good job. It just goes to show you how bad Joe Girardi was. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that because I mean Girardi won a World Series with that Yankee team, and mm-hmm. you know he had so much talent there. Beat the Phillies. Beat the Phillies. That's yeah. exactly right in two thousand nine. And, you know, you look at it and he was just a shit. I mean, was he that much of a shit show <laughs> that he was holding them back like this? Yeah, apparently. I mean, uh, loyal to some some players that, uh, you know, one of which is no longer it. here. And D.D. Gregorius, he just got recently uh, released and, you know, didn't communicate well. Apparently, we found that out after he was gone. And these guys just seem to be. uh you know, responding to, uh, to the new guy. So, you know, I mean, I, you know, would you have any problem if they extended this, you know, this manager, I got no issue with it. Not Rob based Thompson. on the, not based on the performance. No. The two best managers of the past decade have been Pete McCannon who came in as a replacement. And now this guy, mm. that's, that's pretty weird. It is crazy. Um, you know, sometimes the big name doesn't really mean anything, but We'll see. All right. That's enough baseball. So I was at the shore last week. Right, right, right. We went to um, Ocean City, Maryland for the first. I've never been to Ocean City, Maryland. Have you ever okay. been down there? Oh, all the time. That's where we used to go. When I was oh, you a did? Kid, we'd go to the Delaware Seashore, you know, places like Rehoboth on down through Dewey Beach, Delaware Bethany. Seashore State Park, uh, Indian River Inlet, Bethany Beach, Fenwick Island, Ocean City, Maryland. That was the spot. Okay. That see. Coast. I see. I'd never been there. My dad grew up in Atlantic City as a kid, moved to Delaware County, mm-hmm. uh, like when he was in middle school. So we went to the Jersey Shore all right. the time. We didn't go to Atlantic City. We did maybe when I was really small, but when Atlantic City took a turn, we moved south and went to Sea Isle. My my dad made a little scratch. He bought a house in Sea Isle, and I think 1983 they bought it. Uh-huh. I looked this up this weekend. Uh, they bought a house on 62nd and Pleasure. Which okay. is basically you walk out the door, you walk across the street, and your toes are in the sand. So right on the beach, but not on the beach. So across right. the street. And they sold the house in 1995. So they bought the house, I think, for like $85,000. Yeah. And it was um, 2,800 square feet, you know, mm-hmm. split level, bedrooms on the first floor, everything else upstairs to all open. And when they sold it for for a a hundred and ninety-eight thousand. The same people own it that bought it off my parents. It is now worth one point four million. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
And I'm why, pissed at my parents. Why do you now. sell it? And my dad was in the mortgage business, Harry. Mm-hmm. He should have seen the long play here. Right. And they sold it. And I'll never forgive him for wow. it. Wow. Well, <laughs> funny you said at least you had one and it was sold. I guess that would almost be wor- be worse because I was always trying to get my dad to buy something down there. Yeah. In the 80s, late 80s, because that's when I became familiar really with the Jersey Shore. Because yeah. I, you know, I ran with a group of guys at Shippensburg and they could take their summers and go down there and lifeguard. Some of them were working the bars. And that's when I went down to Avalon and stayed with a bunch of those guys, got a job, you know, in, in one of the bars as a bar back and all this stuff. And that was my introduction really to the Avalon Stone Harbury and love it, you know, to this day. Beautiful. But I was always trying to get my dad, you know, or mom and dad to buy something because it'd be worth two, $3 million by now. You oh. know what I mean? Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. That property never does, doesn't go down. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> and see, when we were kids, before Ocean City went dry, Sea mm-hmm. Isle was known as Senile City because it was all old people. Right, right. And Ocean City was where it was and Avalon and Stone Harbor. And then when Ocean City went dry, all the bars popped up in Sea Isle mm-hmm. and that became the spot, right? The, right? To go party at the OD and La Costa and Springfield. Springfield. Yeah. yeah. The old carousel, which they recently torn down. And kicks and all those different places. And, you know, now it's it's a jump in place and they sold it. So we went to Ocean City, Maryland, and Ange decided to find a place down there. It was awesome. Like, the place was great. We were right on a lagoon on the bay. And mm. that's a really narrow island. So where mm-hmm. we were, we had, like, the, the peace and tranquility of the bay, but only a block and a half walk to the beach. Right. So, and it was great. I mean... Not far was a Wawa, and you had right. yeah, everything was right there, right? So I drop off my son, and we brought one of his buddies, Connor, with us to drop them off the boardwalk one night. Mm-hmm. So I drop them off, and I got to go pick them up. So I go pick them up. It's like 1130, and I'm sitting there waiting at like 12th Street for them. They get in the truck, and I go to turn around, and I like kind of pull in this parking lot and to back up. And all of a sudden, I hear this noise. Like my truck hit something. Like I hit this car. I'm like, I don't think. I know the size of my truck. I didn't hit this car. So I go to back up. And I just hear this screeching noise. And this guy outside is like, stop, stop. So I stop. I go out. And my bumper is like ready to fall off onto the ground. I'm like, I didn't hit this fucking car. I look down. And this prick has his car in the parking lot with one of those. Things you hook into your to a um a trailer hitch and it's a flat platform. So okay. you can put like your cooler on it and stuff and oh, strap yeah, it in. Yeah. But this asshole doesn't put it so it goes up against the back of the car. And I'm in a truck. There's no way I'm gonna see a black platform on the back of this car. And this thing's in the parking lot, and this old oh, guy geez. comes up as I'm putting my bumper back on the car and said, You're about the sixth person that's done this. Because you can't see it from your car. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. And I was rip shit pissed. I I mean, Harry, when I walked out, the bumper was five inches pulled away from the vehicle. So now we were able to pop it back in place with a little assistance from uh, the couple of the guys that were down in that area. Yeah. I wanted to take this. I looked at it. There's a pin. You pull it and you fold it up. 
Yeah. But this selfish asshole left it laying out in a freaking parking lot. Well, now what happens with the damage? Like, is this an insurance deal? Do you, uh, what do you do? There's, I popped the bumper back in place, and there's a little bit of scrape on the side of the bumper and, like, some paint, like, off it. You know, it's paint on plastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't even be worth putting through insurance. Okay. I'm just going to have to pay for it. And I wanted to take this guy, that thing off this guy's car so bad. And everything in my power was to not take it off. Because I was going to take the thing off and put it on the guy's hood. Mm. <laughs> so, the, I mean, so the guy that owned that car, he never came out. Like, you never met him? Nope. nope. Okay. So, okay. You and, know and what the, that is. That's an odd geez. That is an odd geez. A pissed off odd geez. I mean, that was a, what is going on back right. there? I'm not dealing with this today. <laughs> the noise I heard, I was like, oh. what the hell did I, I thought I destroyed the car. Wow. And I'm like, I'm not even close to the car. I was so angry, but I got over it and ate an edible and went wow. to the beach. There you go. Actually, I didn't eat an edible. I got these, uh, capsules now because they don't sell the edibles in pa so if you have the card they're considered recreational hair the edible so i don't deal in this so i have no idea about any of this stuff well the old lady is keep the guy who owns the dispensary that the old lady goes to Mm -hmm. probably just bought a new shore house one of those three million dollar homes at avalon because of the old lady (laughs) (laughs) she pulls up they get out of they get a hand truck out here Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> so, you gotta you gotta go around back to the dock to the yeah. dock like when you come to get your your order we rent a u-haul to right. pick up her order her <laughs> and she was buckled all week oh yeah right truly's in the pen her she was going nuts so she gets me this thing i'm like don't make the edibles she gets these, these capsules and the first time i took one i was like this might be a little too strong for me is that right <laughs> yeah Wow. I was holding on to the earth, hoping it would rotate slower. <laughs> but it was a great week. But you didn't get sunburned. I saw you put out a uh, a post on one of your social media. I forget. What, I guess it was your Twitter. The old lady the, put it out. The yeah. old lady's Twitter. Yeah, and I saw you out there in the water uh, with your dome exposed. Uh, what what were you doing to the dome? Were you going SPF fifty or or higher? Well, I go with the I go with the S as high as I can go, like an eighty. And then I also wear the bucket hat, like the okay. waterproof bucket hat. I have an right. Adidas one. Somebody said I need to get a CCM one, which is absolutely true. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I put that on and I wear the hat as much as possible. But I had this the long sleeve swim shirt on. Mm. And that's like, you know, that's basically like wearing a hundred proof sunscreen. Right. Is that cause I got this light Irish skin that just burns and peels. So I don't deal with it anymore. So I wear the swim shirt. And that shirt, right. when it gets wet, keeps you cooler, too. Hmm. What kind of so, material is it? It's, I don't, it's you know, it's like a board shirt. So you don't okay. get a rash when you're surfing and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's that kind of, it's not like a, a dry tech, but it's a, a little bit different than that. But they're great. So I, nice. I was wearing that. And, and Boston Gary was giving me shit. Oh, yeah? For wearing the swim shirt. Well, he gives everybody shit yeah. on this show. Now, when I was coming back... From the beach, um, we took two cars, so I drove back with Evan and his buddy Connor. And I'm like, I need something to listen to. So I listened to um, the Working the Beat podcast with our friends, Kevin Cooney. Oh, Cooney. And, and the uh, Colonel. Colonel. Yeah. 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 
And I got to tell you, it's a nice podcast. They did a really good job. Two interviews I listened to. Oh, yeah. They had their last two episodes are Mikey Miss and Angelo Cataldi. Oh, wow. So two guys, one that's already off the air and another one that's going off the air. Right. And, and in I know that when, setting, it's different. You know, they're different in that setting. Right. When Ange would bring on uh, Kevin Cooney, I used to laugh. Oh, it was so funny. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better. Kevin Cooney. Called yep. Cooney. <laughs> Everybody, nobody's doing it better. <laughs> so Let's cool. go to some donkey reporter in Ohio. Nobody's doing it better. <laughs> right? <laughs> but Ange in the episode, I sent it to you. You got to listen to it. Ange is not, you know... Ah, you know, going nuts right, and right. everything. He's very conversational mm. and he's not in character. Okay. And he, he talks about in the episode how the guy on the radio is a different guy than him, how he's socially mm. awkward. Like you've met Ange off the air. Uh, yeah. yeah. He is very socially awkward. Uh-huh. And um, it, it, I thought it would Kevin and so Kevin just did the interview with Angelo. And then okay. it was the Colonel and Kevin talking with Mikey Miss. Now, how was and Colonel's connection? Like, it, it, of course, it was spotty. It okay. sounded like, you know, Cooney was perfect and, and the Colonel just kind of jumps in at weird times. Yeah. yeah. Now, Mikey Miss, I don't know if he got a good deal. I think he should have done more. <laughs> you know? But, but it's on that spotty, like, AOL era Wi-Fi or probably what he had. Yeah, right? it's just you know? cr- Everything about him is disjointed, right? Which is why we love him. But I would recommend people to go back and listen. And you could definitely hear that there's a lot of salty dog and Mikey miss about how it went down. Oh, yeah. Because Angelo contacted him. Oh, really? Ange talked about because Kevin asked Angelo about how Mike went out. And how he's like, Angelo's going out with a lot of fanfare. Ray sure. went out with a ton of fanfare. And he said, I, I texted Mike and told him it wasn't right how it happened and invited him on the show. Mm-hmm. And Mike told him that you know, I have a three month non-compete. He goes, well, um, you got three months. I'm here for five more. <laughs> so <laughs> eventually I'm sure he'll have my, he goes, oh, I'm going to bring him in and he should and go on this, there. Yeah. Give him the send off that he deserves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. uh, Angelo's having like a Dr. J type of send off, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a year tour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and he says he's really uncomfortable with it. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, he went out and threw out the first pitch of a Phillies game. Well, he also did uh, did some broadcasting with the crew there too. I think they did one hit when he was asked to test with play by play for a minute, and the guy hit a homer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought it was interesting, and That's you know, cool. I know a lot. You know, we give Ange a lot of shit, and you know, our buddy Kevin Kincaid gives him a lot of shit, but the career does speak for itself. It, what is it, like 33 years? Yep. I mean, think about that. That's Harry. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your send-off was calling me saying, I'm done. Right. That was it. <laughs> A one-person send-off. That was it. You know, 33 years, that's how long I've been out of college. That's crazy. I mean, Angela's been the voice of Philadelphia sports radio. I mean, since I can remember sports radio existing. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's one of the pioneers of rookie and the rookie. Yeah. You know, I mean, say what you will, you know, hot takes or, you know, faux outrage and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Dude, the guy's 
laughed his way all the way to the bank for a long time, yeah. and he makes a lot of bank. A lot of money. Oh, yeah. man. No I doubt. remember when, when he had to stop paying his first ex-wife, mm-hmm. when that, that court deal was over, he you couldn't have seen a happier guy. <laughs> I don't have to give her any more of my money. <laughs> Just me and Daniel. It's like, like it's kind of like Bruno when he finally was uh, done with his alimony payments. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just uh, crazy that 33 years, yeah, I mean, Mike was in it for close to that as well. Yeah. I mean, Early nineties. Yeah. Just long. I, I look, I don't know where that format goes. I really no, I don't. don't. I've been wondering about that for years. Yeah. I mean, ever since, even before I was no longer involved with it, I was starting to wonder about the format and the, it's just, where do they go? Like, what, how do they tweak it? How does well, it he, evolve? Here's the problem is that now they're dealing with stuff like this podcasts that aren't governed uh, by, you know, the, a, the FCC and governed by people tuning in and tuning out. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, I think part of the issue is the over programming of if somebody tunes in, they better hear the word Eagles. Right. Right. Or they're going to tune out. Like how do we keep people from changing the channel? Yeah. And if you're not doing this, People are changing the channel and we're going to lose. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know where it goes. I mean, yeah. I don't know how they handle. I know a lot of them are live streaming on YouTube and stuff too. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is they're still programming it that way. Right. And, you know, when we were at the Fanatic, the Fanatic did pretty well ratings wise. Right? right. I mean, we were there. We were in the game. Mike was mm-hmm. winning. And, you know, whether it was you and Tony or whoever, I mean, we were right there with them, and we beat them some months, and they beat us a lot of months. I mean, they had the hand on us overall, but we were right there with them. I mean, from what yeah. I understand, they're the Fanatics getting the dick kicked in right now. Is that right? Well, and that was for most of that time. Uh, we didn't have a local morning show. Exactly, it's Mike I mean, and most Mike. Most of that was Mike and Mike. Yeah, yeah. Um, but right now, I mean, when yeah. Anthony first came in, he he was doing well, doing mornings, and you know the. Or the meat locker, mm-hmm. you know, Baldy and the whole thing. Right. They were doing well. And then and the wheels have just fallen off. And, you know, they got the repli- they got the best show ever now, Hat replacing mm-hmm. uh, Mikey Miss. What do you think of the name of the best show ever? I'm confused. I mean, it's a best. I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or what, the, what, you know, if they got that from somebody else, like a consultant came in and gave them the idea because it's, you know, it's working for this, on the phone. I mean, that's this crew in uh, Phoenix is kicking ass and they called themselves, you know, a similar type of name. I don't know. Um, but it ends with a question mark. Like it's asking you the question, isn't it? Best show ever. Like. That's weird. Or is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's, I heard it was some kind of play on the best fans ever. Best mm. show. I don't know. I If I'm one of the, the three guys, I would, you know, and Jen and uh, Squ- uh, Jennifer Scordo in there. I'd want my name as, on the show. Exactly. You know what I mean? I I, didn't, I never liked because when I started at the Fanatic with that night show, it was called the Fanatics, the sports Fanatics or something. It's you, Rob and Jamie. Jamie Yannicone, Rob Ellis and myself. Correct. And. At some point, I was just like, man, we got to start getting our names out there. Like, it's, it's not just tune into the fanatics. It's like, you know, tune into Jamie, Rob and Harry or whatever, however you want to do it. And it was like that was like a thing for me to try to get my name out there and forget about the fanatics. You know, it's yeah. like, come on. And then, you know, Jamie 
uh, Jamie moved on or I forget what happened, but it became like me and Rob. And, you know, it was like, let's just Allison Mays or, you know what I mean? Like put yeah. our names out there. Yeah. You put, put our name on the marquee. We're trying yeah. to move forward here. There was and a lot of resistance to that. Let's let's I'm going to be honest. All right. What do you need your name on? A I mean, nobody cares. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for the endorsement. Right. <laughs> nobody knows who you are. Yeah, that's the point. That's that's, the, that's why. And I'm they're here. never going to know when you call it the fanatics. Right. I thought that was a brilliant idea, though, to do a show like that with three guys. Like mm -hmm. nobody was doing three man no. show outside of a morning show. I think right. there was uh, one down in D.C., though, when the sports junkies, junkies they had like yeah. three or four guys on the show. And yeah. I think they're still around. Yeah, they are. They're doing yeah. mornings. Right. And the, I think there's like five junkies at this. Point. Are there? <laughs> yeah. But and they were kind of just like fans that jumped into, you know, doing mm -hmm. radio. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that was a, a good idea to do a show like that, especially at night where you could be irreverent a little bit. Yeah. And stuff like that. But a little loose. Yeah, oh, we got I, loose. Trust me. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, now, I just – I don't know where it goes. No, I don't either. Uh, did you happen to catch over the weekend the Hall of Fame inductions uh, for the NFL, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and one Dick Vermeil? I, I saw snippets of his speech, and, you know, Dick's going to be incredibly emotional. But I did not – like, I didn't have regular TV at the shore, so mm – -hmm. um, you know, I was relying on that stuff. I got to go back and watch. Yeah, it. you got to go back and watch it. I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, he, you know, he was presented by uh, Carl Peterson, of course, and John Shira. You remember John Shira? Yeah. Shira was instrumental. And this, this was the theme of his, his speech, which I thought was really cool. He's a very humble man, uh, Dick Vermeil. But the whole speech was about all the names of all the, all the other people in his life that are that came together and, you know, maybe made a moment that helped him be in the hall of fame. In other words, yeah. he's like without John Shira and the way he played in the Rose bowl on January 1st, 1976 for UCLA, he was the MVP of the Rose bowl and they beat the mighty Ohio state Buckeyes and Woody Hayes. And I remember watching the game. I was 10, 11 years old. And you had action he, on it on the Bet Parks app. No, I, I was dreaming about the Bet Parks app when I yeah. was uh, 10, 11 years old. But no, I didn't have access to it. Um, but <laughs> I would have taken UCLA plus the points, though. That you can be sure of. And they ended up winning the game. And it was like this This made Dick Vermeil like this hot commodity. And the Eagles, immediately after the game, you know, they chartered the, the plane and went out to L.A. and tried to lure him into, you know, back into the NFL because he was a, an assistant in the NFL for George Allen. Uh, yep. And I believe Chuck Knox uh, also with the Rams prior to that and then got the UCLA job, makes this big, has this great season. John Shira helps him beat Ohio State. And it was the theme all along. Mike, he's like Mike Jones. Do you remember who Mike Jones is? Mike Jones was the guy who made the tackle for the Rams against the Titans where, you know, Dyson ended oh up at the God. one, you know, half yard line. Had yeah. he not made that tackle, you know, Dick Vermeil's not in the hall of fame. They you don't win was, a Super Bowl. Was, right. It was things like this, which I thought was really, really cool. He pointed out everybody that was there. And, and so many of these people, if they were physically able, were actually in the stadium. You know, some guy drove across the country. Some guy he coached with way, way back in the day, guys, 90 years old. He yeah. was, 
at the at the event. Like it, it was really kind of cool. I mean, he, Sal Powell got a lot of run from from Dick Vermeil because Sal Powell was instrumental, I guess, along probably with Ray Didinger too, of of present of saying, "Hey, Dick Vermeil's got to get in the Hall of Fame." You know, yeah. it takes that kind of thing, yeah, to get the committee ball to push you, right? Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was it was really really cool, really well done. He even talked about John Wooden when he was at UCLA. Of course, Wooden was still the basketball coach. Yeah, there, legendary John Wooden, and he said uh, the story he brought up was, you know, I was bemoaning, you know, I lost a bunch of recruits. You know, I guess the signing day or whatever had come, and he thought he was going to get you know X, Y, and Z player, and he didn't get those guys. And Wood Wooden called him into his office and said, "Hey, coach, we don't worry about the guys that we don't have. Your job is to do the best." And to get the players that you do have and make get the best out of them. And he said he said that was something that stayed with him forever. You know, it was yeah. really cool. I love listening to coaches and you know, and uh talk about you know how they interact with people becoming, you know, a leader and you know, having a way to communicate with their players. I think that's fascinating stuff. I totally agree. Yeah, I, it's one of the things, the dynamic of managing the personalities mm -hmm. and the, the mentality and the emotion and all that stuff that I think is the most interesting stuff. And I think that stuff matters a ton. Mm -hmm. And Vermeer was such a good communicator. He's a great broadcaster. Too, oh, yeah. Right. He talked about that, too, about his yeah. broadcasting career, how it helped him, you know, be, become a better coach. He's like, man, I have I now have access to, you know, to go talk to this coach and watch him and how he holds a practice. You know, Don Schuler or whoever, you know, whoever it is. And he's like this was amazing stuff for me. And like, you know, he's constantly learning and he said it made him a better coach once he got back out into the game. Absolutely. Cool. Cause, cause you can now talk to these coaches from a different perspective and they're, right. and they're not as guarded secret wise. Right. And you take all these things and you go, okay, Oh, I love that element. Yeah. Right. I never thought of that. And right. then you take all that at data and information and you put your own spin on it. And mm -hmm. it just broadens your, your mindset. It's, it's brilliant. And he was a great broadcaster and you're right. He's a good man. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, great to see Dick Vermeil go into the hall. Cool. I wish he would have won an 80. Yeah. Oh, awesome Wilbert Montgomery ball. was there speaking of 80 and oh, yeah. geez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he still looks like he can play. I know. I know. He had, a, he had a big like floppy hat on. He got up and, you know, cause he had, he, he'd tell these people to get up. He wanted them to be recognized. Yeah. You know, uh, he's in the wine business now too, yeah. doing great things with Vermeer, Vermeer wines. And so, right. um, yeah, he, he's a good guy. And, uh, one of the, one of the guys that, you know, when you do what we've done for so long, when you meet him, he's just like a genuine human being. Mm -hmm. yep. We talk about Pete Rose, where we kind of started and Lenny Dykstra and how you're around them. You feel like you need a shower after you leave, <laughs> you meet Vermeer and you just feel refreshed. Plus he right. always says, I'm going to ship you out a box of wine, a right. piece of wine. <laughs> Not bad. So it's always beneficial. Um, Harry, with the partnership with uh, Not For Long, they've yeah. asked us, because they'd like to share these top five lists, they asked us to to share a top five list of the best wing flavors. Now, we're coming up on football season, which is also, in my opinion, wing season. Yes, it is. Absolutely. So do you have a top five list of your favorite wing flavors? I do. And, you know, I was a big chicken wing guy back in the days when I was a bachelor, you know, because chicken wings were, you know, they were the meal, you know, a couple nights a week. You're eating chicken wings, you're eating pizza, whatever. So I became, you know, pretty familiar with, a, you know, a good spot here in the Conshohocken area. Flanagan's Boathouse was always a place that I used to go to. Uh, and, they, and their chicken wings kind of stood out uh, to me a long time ago. Honey Habanero is a really good flavor for me. 
uh, roasted garlic parmesan. That's a boathouse one. Oh, the old lady loves those. Yeah, those are good. Peanut Thai is another boathouse one uh, that I really liked. But I just go also with the mild to medium, just regular buffalo sauce. I always mm-hmm. appreciate it. So we'll go uh, roasted garlic parmesan from the boathouse, peanut Thai from the boathouse, honey habanero. Uh, that's from my golf club over at the 1912 club. Mild to medium buffalo sauce. You can pretty much get any old place. And the fifth one is the Tony Bruno sauce over at the Jug Handle Inn. Another fantastic spot uh, for chicken wings in in New Jersey. They got the Tony Bruno sauce. What is the Tony Bruno sauce? I don't know how they make it. It's a secret sauce. Oh, but it's very good. Uh, Very interesting. I'm a big fan. There's a a PJ Willihan's right up the street from me Mm -hmm. out here in Westchester. And they have a sweet chili. So it's got like a sweetness to it mm-hmm. and like a, a slight spiciness to it. It's really, I, I generally go with just the medium hot wings, but, and I'll, I'll actually go naked wing. Oh yeah. Without, that, yeah. without the skin, right? Yeah. Rotisserie. Yeah. They have them at the Amish market here. I like that. The rotisserie wings, but with no sauce on them. And I'll dunk those suckers right into some blue cheese. <laughs> Are you a blue cheeseman or a ranchman? Oh, blue cheeseman. Yeah? Absolutely. See, I kind of prefer the ranch. I could put ranch dressing on anything. I could too, but the blue cheese with the wing mm. is the contrast and the thickness of the blue cheese. And every once in a while, you get one of those blue cheese crumbles the on the wing. Yeah, a little hunk of blue cheese there. Yeah, yeah. I'm always fishing for that hunk in the little four-ounce <laughs> plastic cup. It goes down well with that ice-cold draft beer. That's, that's exactly right, Harry. <laughs> so... Yeah. All right, so there's your top yeah. five wing flavors. Um, uh, what's your play again on the PGA uh, event, uh, the FedEx Cup this weekend? On the Parks app, uh, they got Sungjae M to win at plus thirty three hundred, and also in a top ten plus three thirty five. There you go. That's the play on the Bet Parks app for Harry, right. and uh, we're coming up on more preseason football. We are back to weekly, by the way. That's right. So we'll be now back next week. Yeah. Yeah. So we're back next week. And of course I started my show uh, with the uh, Shander show and Devin Caney last week. So we're in our second week of, of the, uh, the Philly voice show too. So we're, we're very busy. And that's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Harry. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's only 15 to 20 minutes. Oh. Uh, and you can check that out on the Philly voice YouTube I, page. See, <laughs> that's what you've been trying to get your whole life. Is right. 15, 20 minute work day. Right. 15 to 20 minutes. That's the whole point. I'm get, you know, I'm getting there. That tends to not interrupt with your 18 holes a day. Other philosophy. <laughs> no, not much. 18 holes a day. Uh, close. Yeah. You'd love to get there, but uh, that'll be for another yeah. time. But uh, get your action in on the Bet Parks app. Uh, get ready for football season and uh, get your action in on the baseball season. Player performances, same game parlays alternate lines you name it it's all there easy to navigate easy to use faster to win than ever before and right now all bet parks users can use the promo code jason750 and get a risk-free bet up to 750 dollars terms and conditions apply so make sure you download the new bet parks app today you need to be over 21 and present in pennsylvania or new jersey gambling problem call 1-800 so we're back next week that's episode 29 have a good week Harry. we'll talk next week all right later everybody thanks for listening leave us a five-star rating and review we'll talk to you next week on bet parks presents the odd g's podcast